Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. We're live. They did it. They did it, Jeff. The Bear, the Chicago Bears have managed to turn the number one overall pick, one single draft selection, with which, Jeff, they were very likely going to get an excellent football player, agreed, sure, into absolutely. two excellent football players this year, two excellent football players in the two years after that, and also one of the more excellent receivers in football right now in Carolina's DJ Moore. If you ask me, this was always going to be an easy choice of whether the Bears were or weren't going to trade the first overall pick. But I can't help thinking, Jeff, that at the bottom of it all, we all knew that as time went on, there was always a chance the Bears were going to get out-leveraged. It does not look like they got out-leveraged whatsoever. I mean, taking a young receiver, young, proven, very good receiver that fits exactly the way Justin Fields likes to play football and prying him away from a team that will obviously need receiving talent to support whatever young quarterback they go get, I feel like that is the definition of out-leveraging somebody. What do you think? All right, so I asked our friend Brad Spielberger if he was available uh, to hop on. He is not. Of course. As you might expect, he's in high demand and very busy. But he did send me this note that I want to share. So according to the Spielberger Fitzgerald chart that he was instrumental in putting together, obviously his name's on it, uh, they value the number one overall pick at 3,000 points. Now, just it doesn't matter what those, you know, just it's three worth 3,000 points. The trade compensation for this pick that they got from the Panthers, they are valuing valuing at 4,940 points, Mm -hmm. meaning that they got everything back plus the number eight overall pick plus DJ Moore. That is what DJ Moore was worth. So you didn't count what DJ Moore was worth in that. No, that does not count what DJ Moore is worth. Wait, this is, this is using that not to be a, a, not to, I think I'm right. Not to make things sad, you're using Fitzgerald Spielberger, right? Correct. Fitzgerald Spielberger is the premier we love trading down chart in football. Sure, like sure, which which totally fits the narrative. Don't we love it? (laughs) Honestly, Jeff, I was going to use just raw Jimmy Johnson, right? Where I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I can tell you that DJ Moore, as recently as just a little earlier this season at the deadline, was rumored to be valued at a first and a second round pick, which might sound ridiculous, Bears fans, but that's functionally what Devontae Adams got. That's a very realistic trade package for a receiver as young as Moore that, while not quite as productive as Adams, was getting up there. Right, Jeff? So if you look at this that way, the Bears score three first round picks, three second round picks, and two of those obviously, and also not to mention, Jeff, they 
get some of the money that they absolutely had to spend and push it towards a young player that is well worth the contract. What will this do to Darnell Mooney's situation, to Chase Claypool's situation, to my Jackson Smith Jigba draft dream? We don't know yet. But we can figure all that out later. The Bears tra- or got a premier player to move down to nine. And honestly, Jeff, I don't think they could have done it with a double trade down. No, and I, I think that the trade to nine still makes a lot of sense because I think that you're going to see at least three quarterbacks go in the in the top of the draft. And you have a lot of defensive talent that's on the board there. You know, like you say, your your dream of Jackson Smith Jigba at the number nine spot if they trade down here, probably is a little bit complicated with bringing in DJ Moore. That's fine though. Like now you have DJ Moore, who's going to be your number one. He's absolutely worthy of that number wide receiver one title. You have Darnell Mooney coming back from injury. He's very good wide receiver, has a great rapport with, with Justin Fields, can settle into that number two role. And then hopefully with a full off season, Chase Claypool can come in and he can be a strong number three. I know that a lot of Bears fans were disappointed, um, but that's a tough transition to make mid-year for a, a receiver into this system and to, to gain a rapport with, with a quarterback. I would love to see what Claypool looks like with a little pressure taken off and with the full off season as your number three. That's looking like a pretty good wide receiver core to start the year. Sure, but I mean, honestly, Jeff, can I, I'm I'm still in the stratosphere about what this means about Ryan Poles, right? Okay. Like, I... I know I'm the film analyst guy, and like I, we're seeing in some of the comments, like I'll go through a film breakdown of DJ Moore. Probably get to work on that right this evening. Why? What else? Am I, what else do I? Have what else are you gonna do? What, right. Uh, but so, honestly, Jeff, to me, this Chicago Bears team, DJ Moore or not, has always been aim pointing 2024 best case scenario, realistically 2025, and that's fine. DJ Moore fits that timeline. Right. But maybe more important, Jeff, is the fact that there is no way I have to go back to this. There's no way Carolina wanted to give up DJ Moore. Anybody else. Right. Have Brian Burns, have Derek Brown, have a JC Horn, have a 2025 first. DJ Moore was the untouchable piece to this trade because it doesn't make any sense to take a receiver that you just handed that kind of cash and allow yourself to trade him away while also giving away so much future draft capital. But polls got him anyways. And I got to tell you, having a GM that instead of being on the side of giving up heaven and earth, will find a way to say to ask for more than heaven and earth, right? To say, yeah, I know. But I'm not letting you get away without giving me that is so exciting to me because honestly, Jeff, you and I have talked about this before head coaching and front office work can win games on the football field. Sometimes the scheme doesn't always even have to matter in that case. Like, yes, of course it does. Yes, of course. Like that's the part of football. I love Jeff, but the aggregate talent level of the bears just got dramatically better. And it got better in a hurry. We don't have to wait for 2025. And as you know, Jeff, a first round pick in 2025 is more than likely really only going to start to show himself at 2026 by the time you're having to start thinking about extending both of your 2023 first round picks. Like it turns into a mess really fast. The way that Ryan Poles was able to orchestrate this turns Davis Mills into a Chicago hero. It turns Steve Wilkes into a Chicago hero. It turns Lovey Smith 
into a Chicago hero because the Bears have just gone from functionally, Jeff, like let's call a spade a spade, right? The Bears go from drafting Will Anderson to having a shot at Tyree Wilson, realistically probably getting like a Lucas Van Ness or a Miles Murphy or one of the other like tier 1B edges that are in this class. And now they also have DJ Moore. Maybe they add a JSN, but more than likely, that's the move at receiver. And I ain't got no problem with it. Like this helps us evaluate Justin Fields. This helps us get eyes on what we need in free agency. It helps polls take the best player available at number nine. Cause let's be real, Jeff, before this, we've been talking for the last 24 hours about how the bears were almost going to have to pigeon themselves into drafting for need at number nine, even if they did trade back to number nine, cause it, it kind of had to be a receiver, right? Instead, Ryan Poles has found a way to get clear value, get future value, balance the fact that the Bears need to spend money now with the fact that they want to keep contracts cheap for later, move money to the right positions, which is in this case a primary receiver. Is he like a wide receiver one with the way that some people talk about this, which means like top 10 receiver. I'm not so sure Jeff, but he's easily the best receiver on the bears roster. He's exactly the kind of player that fits Justin Fields. There's just so much to like about what's going on right now inside the Chicago bears front office. And I don't know how to come away from this. Not excited. Oh, you have to be excited. And I, I think that I'm going to be curious of, to hear what you think after your film study, because I like DJ Moore. He's one of the he's one of the guys I really like. So, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the, you can't really just look at his stats from last year because of what was happening in Carolina. But I, I think he's an impressive player and I think he's going to be really great to add into the mix here. I will say I just want to take a just a small victory lap. I won't do it like that much. But when the offseason started, I mentioned that. Bears could trade this pick early because it would help polls be able to get that out of the way. If you, if you can drive that uh, decision early, then you can reset your board and you have a better understanding of what you're working with on draft night. And I got a lot of flack. There's no way the bears are going to do that. They're going to wait to the last second. You can't do that. You have to wait to the last second. And just want to say, told you so that's it. That's it. I thought it was a possibility. Not that it was going to happen for sure, but I thought it was a possibility that they could do that. So I'm, I'm actually really impressed with the way that he handled this. He used basically he used the opening of the league year as a deadline and said, uh, you know, Hey, let's see if we can get this moved now. And if you're someone who's going to question whether or not polls could have gotten more, had he waited, had he waited until draft night, I mean, you can you can play that game forever and try to say, well, I think that he would have gotten more if he would have waited. I, I don't see it. I think that he played this perfectly. We can tell by historical trades that this was good compensation, great compensation. Um, he filled an immediate need before he goes into free agency. Who's the best receiver available in free agency? Jacoby oh, Myers. Nobody. It's right? probably I mean, like, Myers. It's it's not it's not a deep free agency class. He goes in, he's able to fill that need via via this trade, plus getting all of that additional compensation. Now he gets to say, okay, I'm not drafting one, I'm drafting nine. Oh, yeah. Now, now, now how do I stack my board? Where does this go? What do I use 61, number 61 overall for? How do I how do I look at that now? Now he has 
the the full length between the start of the league year and the draft to, to really set his board up in the draft. And he can focus on free agency now, knowing he doesn't have to worry about the wide receiver position much at all. Well, and that focus on free agency is so core because let's talk about this. First of all, okay, quick tangent. The wide receiver one comment, Jeff, the wide receiver one discussion gets just so annoying uh, depending on who you talk to, because to some people, that's a top 32 receiver in the NFL. To others, it's like a top 10, top 12 receiver in the NFL. And by my eye, DJ Moore is in that same category as whatever you'd call T Higgins, right? Where it's like a one B receiver. Is he Justin Jefferson? Is he, he might be whatever Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave are as well, where for all we know, Jeff, uh, the only reason I'm even saying that is because a, I haven't watched his film and B he's not had good enough quarterback play to push himself up into the stratosphere. So let's, let's leave that on the side. Either way, he's a great player. And I'm very, very excited that he's a Chicago bears. Um, uh, the second thing that I want to talk about, because I think this is maybe most important, Jeff. Let's be real about this. Within this negotiation period, there was always going to be two peaks in demand. Right now, before free agency, then there was going to lull, and then it was going to be right above, or right around the draft season, right? But one thing that I know I'd been tumbling around in my head for a little while was it's really hard to be make a bold claim that that second peak was without a doubt going to surpass the first peak in value, right. especially because Jeff, let's be honest. Eventually some of these teams were going to realize that there's a viable path to stripping down tanking like crazy and making plays for Caleb Williams next year or Drake may right. There's a point where these guys go, okay, you know what? Actually the combine has been a couple of weeks from now that this was great. But it's not next year's class. So all we got to do is just strip down and wait. Instead, it feels to me like Ryan Poles really did capitalize on demand. It's hard to see this as anything other than a win. I mean, it, it's if we're complaining about this trade, we're saying, yeah, I understand that we robbed a Porsche, but we could have had a Bugatti. Or I understand that we could have had or that we got a Bugatti. Instead, we could have gotten two Bugattis. Like this is robbery highway robbery even on any chart you look at it's just a matter of frankly whether or not it's the trade that you wanted and for me i love it nine's been the spot that i've been looking at since probably day one i thought it would take two trades to get there but the longer things sat around jeff the more i wondered whether number two was going to generate that kind of a haul or that much interest was number four going to generate that much interest all the quarterbacks might have been gone by then at that point, or Levis might have been left. I tend to think that Ryan Poles did a really good job managing this. Obviously, the Bears get better in the short term and their prospects for the future end up better. They still need free agency. They probably still need two off seasons to really, really get good. And I don't mean compete for a playoff spot. They might be able to compete for a playoff spot as early as next year. But Jeff, I think the Bears are finally in a position where you and I can look into the camera or speak into the microphone and confidently say, we don't have to shoot for the seventh or sixth seed anymore as if that's the best case scenario for the team. That, like it is for Jacksonville, has the opportunity to be a stepping stone for this Chicago Bears team on the way to becoming a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And that, to me, is outrageously exciting. It's everything I've wanted to see the Bears do for the last, what, five years? It basically, ever since 2018, really started to fall out. And I am about as excited as it gets. Yeah, I mean, you have 
uh, an offense that's going to be entering year two with this system, right? So that that is always a bump in this system. You know, Justin Fields showed tremendous growth throughout. We don't know exactly what we're getting out of Luke Getze as a play caller, but you know, hopefully he shows growth as well. You have more time in with new and a better wide receiving core. You know the Bears are going to spend money on the offensive line. You know that's going to be an emphasis. I mean, all all roads point to Mike McGlinchey uh, coming in and, and nailing down that right tackle position. There's probably going to be an investment in the interior offensive line. You have to assume some of that draft capital is going to be added on that offensive line. Now, all of a sudden, you have a much improved cast on offense. You would expect this offense to elevate its game and elevate its performance into a really good functional offense, right? Like that, that's, that's the hope for this year. That's what you want to see by the end of the year, the defense we'll see, right? How many pieces can you add on defense and free agency? That's been a, uh, a path for many teams throughout the league to add free agency talent and take their defense up, up a notch. The bears were terrible on defense this last year. That's why they terrible. picked number one. I mean, they were just awful. And so can they get up to like a, an average level defense with a, a, a well-performing offense, all of a sudden that that's a recipe for going over 500, getting in the playoffs and having fun. You want this team to be fun, to be, to be, uh, you know, a, a team that no one really wants to face because they could get hot and and they could take, knock you out. Right. That's what this team sort of is starting to project. If you look at all the money they have and all the talent they can add, plus now this additional draft capital. Very exciting because it makes this year so much more exciting, Robert, and such a makeup for all of the stuff we had to go through in 2022 to cover this team. So I'm really excited. I think this really uh, sets an incredible uh, stage for what we can expect for this fall to look and, like. Ooh, Jeff, Jeff, have you thought about the one hidden implication neither of us have talked about yet? Hit me. So DJ Moore, as we know, just recently signed an extension. He signed an extension in 2022, right? And as with most extensions, right, a lot of that came in the form of salary bonus or prorated bonus that was stretched across multiple multiple years. When a player is traded, they leave that with the team that signed that bonus. Meaning, Jeff, the Bears cap hits for DJ Moore, if I'm reading this correctly, are roughly $20 million in 2023. $16 million in 2024 and $16 million in 2025 when, in order, he's 26, 27, and 28 years old. That's a great deal for a 1B receiver if the comp to T. Higgins that I'm using for him is about to make 30, Jeff. It's, it's a sneaky way to pay a decent chunk of money to, I mean, honestly, there's a chance that Jacoby Myers is going to get more money over the next three years than DJ Moore will get accounted for in the cap uh, by the Chicago Bears, which is bananas to think about. It's a it's similar to the Calvin Ridley trade, right? The one that the Jaguars just made where it is finding extra value in some creative accounting that will get you a player that really helps your team without paying the premium it would normally pay to a cost that or to acquire that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. It's uh it's smart in in some ways and like that that's why we were kind of hearing some rumors behind the scenes a little bit. Uh you know, not going to pull back too much of the curtain, but hearing some stuff and started seeing like, uh, it looks like there might be a player involved and uh everybody's like is it Brian Burns? Like that would make the most sense. Um 
you know, and then like, no, DJ Moore. And it's like, why? <laughs> why no. would Carolina do that? They just signed him. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They'd have to eat salary. They, that doesn't make any sense. So I, I was I was a little confused by that. So do you want to go over what the Bears have for draft compensation coming into now this year? Now reset the board here. Well, I'm totally working off the top of my head, but they're going to be at nine. They're going to be at 61. They're going to be at 53 before that. They're going to be at 65. So we're going to have a really busy, like okay. later part of day or middle part of day two. Right. 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 So you have now it's a day, night one, it's pick nine. And then you have two second if it's pick, pick nine. Yeah. Well, yeah, two second round picks and the, the, the first pick in, in uh, round three. So, so that's what, that's what day two looks like. Uh, and then, you know, the rest uh, of, of the draft. And then down after that, you can look forward to the Bears having the Panthers first round pick next year. So, by the way, guys, we now we love the Panthers for what just happened. Good. For, we, we love it. Oh, we, no. We now hate, <laughs> we now hate the Panthers. We now we now hate the Panthers and we'll cheer against them for two years. So. <laughs> This is now an anti-Panthers podcast channel. We, we I knew you were going them. to this. Oh, no. <laughs> we can't keep pounding them, Jeff. Keep pounding. There it is. <laughs> but, man, I mean, yeah, the Bears have a busy set, or next piece of day two. I'll tell you, Jeff, that I, I still think, okay, so look, I'm totally shooting from the hip here, right? But the Bears' biggest need on the team at this point is defensive end, but they don't need premium defensive players as soon as next year there are sweet defensive ends that are in the 2024 draft class so if a defensive end that you like let's say for instance jeff uh lucas van ness gets drafted at eight tyree wilson gets drafted at six josh or uh anderson gets drafted at four or five and so the choice for the bears is either like miles murphy keon white or a couple of the other edges or like ends that fit that and that they have perfect um so i invited our lead draft analyst to join us robert just to get a couple of quick uh, as he hitters. should and so, uh, Jacob Infante, uh, welcome to this instant reaction pod. Jacob, you doing, instant Jeff? quick reaction on your thought on the compensation. Talk a little bit about DJ Moore, and then I want to get your reaction on what you think this means at nine for the Bears. Well, first of all, just wow. I mean, it's just, <laughs> this is insane. Like, there's so much smoke that was happening earlier today, so it's not necessarily a surprise that it happened today but just the sheer quantity of what they got is really impressive i mean you're still picking in the top 10 you got a late second this year a future first a future second oh yeah and dj Moore. i mean that's that's your wide receiver one right there and the way i see it is claypool's your big body that you need every once in a while you know you can run just a go route with him you know use that side speed he's that guy he's that that Alan Lazard, he's that uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling type of role that we've seen with uh, Luke Getze when he was with the Packers. He's that bigger, faster guy. Darnell Mooney, more of a speed receiver. Uh, you know, he's a guy who can get open, but you need a little bit more than him. I think DJ Moore is exactly what the Bears needed. He's a guy who can thrive in the intermediate game. He's someone who can get open. He's someone who can hit the 50-50 ball. 
He's someone who's dangerous after the catch. I mean, and the contract isn't that bad either for a, you know, a guy who's playing at a very high level. And before this past year, when he had a you know, nightmare to work with a quarterback, he had three straight a thousand yard seasons. Like, I think we're looking at Justin Fields as the best quarterback that uh, DJ Moore's had in his NFL career. And uh, so I think that's massive for DJ Moore. Uh, it's massive for Chicago. And I'm a big fan of this hall, honestly. Like you could say, oh, they didn't get the 2025 first either, but it's a second round pick. That's still pretty dang good. Uh, I, it's just fantastic, honestly. And I'm trying not to look at it through, you know, blue and orange colored glasses, but no matter what angle I look at it, I mean, this is just a very good move and a very good haul for Ryan Poles. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So yep. let's talk about pick nine first and what yep. that means and sort of the cluster of players that you see around there. And then let's talk about what's basically going to be a cluster of picks that the Bears are going to have in the late second, early third, and what we're talking about there. Three picks now in that in that cluster there. So let's start with pick nine and sort of the players that are in that cloud. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily going to rule out uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba entirely. But I don't think that's as likely as it would have been, say, a couple days ago where there was, you know, certain speculation. Uh, the dream but, is dead, Jacob. It died. And, and it's OK. It's OK. I, I don't want I don't want to say it's dead yet. I mean, it's <laughs> unlikely. It's unlikely. I'll say that. I'll Never say, say die. Never, Never say, say die. die on said. No, but uh, yeah. So I think you're looking at O-line or D-line here. I mean, and I think they all just going to be the case regardless. Uh I really like, you know, like a Peter Skaronsky or a Paris Jack, a Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, from Northwestern or Ohio State, respectively. Uh, I think Skaronsky you're looking at as a guard, but he's my top offensive line in this cl- offensive lineman in this class, like purely from uh, a film perspective. And the athletic testing is tremendous, too. But Paris Johnson has the length. He also has insane athleticism and he's going to be a tackle at the next level. So you know, maybe that has a little bit more value. Uh, Broderick Jones out of Georgia is another really talented tackle. I wouldn't rule him out. Uh, and then for defensive linemen, I don't think like a Tyree Wilson's going to be available. Maybe Jalen Carter falls that far. I don't think so. But with the whole uh, 
with the whole situation and everything, like you never know uh, how far he's going to fall. But I think more realistically, you're looking at like Miles Murphy out of Clemson, uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Right. Uh, those are the guys that pro- probably I'm looking at in that range. Uh, really talented pr- players, honestly. And you could even go with a wild card, like a, like a Devin Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois, mm-hmm. that you really want to completely round out that secondary and get that final corner that you need. Uh, but the, op- the options are honestly limitless. So I'm really totally. excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm looking at the board right now. I wouldn't totally rule down another move from nine, whether that's up or down. I'm not sure if they really want to get like a, you know, a Tyree Wilson or a Jalen Carter, I could see them move up a couple picks or if, you know, they want to, they think, Oh, we can get, let's say Lucas Van Ness a couple picks later, then you can move down and still pick up like an additional third or something like that. So a lot of flexibility. There's just insane flexibility, not just for this year, but for years to come. So Jacob pushing you on that a little bit, because I'm I'm really interested to hear what you think. So obviously the big conversation, because the bears have needs all over the place. I mean, actually they still have needs, including receiver. You could make a real argument that whether it was JSN or whether it was Quentin Johnston, that both could find a home on the roster. If the bears organization doesn't like chase Claypool, which you never know, right? For a guy who had 144 yards to suggest that they do or don't like him. We have no idea. But anyways, the main thing I've got questions about is it's not unlikely. I don't know. Nobody knows anything here, right? But the Bears may very well sign Javon Hargrave, who could you could describe him as the best free agent in the class. And I don't know if many people would argue with you. And he's a clear three tech. But Mm -hmm. if, for instance, Lucas Van Ness, who is a total floose defensive end, you and I both know a little, little rougher around the edges. If you took him at nine, you'd be reaching a smidge, but mm-hmm. that's what you got to do for edge talent. Yeah. But if Jalen Carter falls and the legal issues are clear and he's one ever over, who's obviously a culture guy, and you had to choose between the two, which direction are you leaning? Like the better player, debatably, but you've already, already got a free agent in that spot, even though you could easily play both on the same line or the bigger need, even though he may not be as good a player, but still a very good player. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Carter, and I'm honestly not thinking twice about it. BPA? I, yeah, I'm, I'm going BPA. I think Carter's the second best player in this entire class, even if you factor in the stuff with you know the car accident. Uh, he still has the second highest grade, and that's realistically I've watched enough of him and I've watched enough of the top prospects. That's not changing at this point, this late. Right. Uh, Van Ness is a fantastic athlete, very good player. I think the potential is very high with him, but I think Carter is just simply another level. Uh, he's not only does he have, you know, freakish physical upside right now, uh, but down the line, he's someone who can contribute very well. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Carter there. If he's available at nine, I'm taking him and I'm running with it. Uh, obviously, we'll have to see what happens with their interviews. Uh, if the team has concerns about his character, about how he'd fit in the locker room and the culture, then you know that becomes a bit more of a concern. But that's something that I won't have direct access to. So just talking purely from an on-the-field perspective and from a value perspective, 
uh, I'm taking Carter. And that's no slide on Van Ness. That's just how good Carter is. Exactly. And I mean, Jacob, to your point, I mean, let's be honest. If we were going to rank teams in order of how likely they are to take chances on, uh, let's say, talented football players with uh, off the field issues, the Chiefs are easily top three, if not number one which yeah. is where Ryan Poles came from. So guys like Tyree Kill, guys like Kadarius Tony. I'm sure there are others across the roster, but I'm not that familiar with the Chiefs. Uh, they for don't – For a time. They, yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't tell you the Bears are going to draft Jalen Carter, just that it's not out of the question, which is bizarre to think of at nine. I'm kind of with you that I feel like it's not out of the question for the Bears to trade down again. Like now that they got more, because before they got more, I thought JSN, you could just about – write it in concrete, let it mm-hmm. set, and you're not going to need to redo your your uh, driveway like anytime yeah. soon. But at this point, now that they got a receiver, and even more so, they got a separator that can win on the inside, which is functionally what you would have asked JSN to do, I have no idea. The whole yeah. door is open. I mean, you mentioned a lot of awesome names like Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones uh, to go with if Skaronsky falls that far and you think, well, shoot, like we need guards that can move guys in this system and white hair is not getting any younger. Like anything goes at that point. And if you don't like it, you move back. It's, it's an enviable position to be in. And for once I love being the one who other people are envying our position instead of just being envious, you know? <laughs> I think yeah. they they got the hard one out of the way too. I think that's mm-hmm. the, that's the he did a lot of work to be able to move this before the league year started. I'm sure he has a pretty good idea of what negotiations happening with with free agents. We're going to hear some stuff right when the league year opens, so you know we're going to have a better sense of what this roster looks like with some free agent acquisitions. But he's done the hard one already, right? Now that's out of the way. Now, like he said, you can reset and you can figure out what you want to do with nine. Do you want to? stack your board and and take the top player that comes to you because you feel like you've got enough or do you want to try to move back gain some more capital i don't love the idea of trying to move back up you know because we're we're a trade down family here but um you know if if it does come down to it you do have that flexibility to be able to do that so uh jacob let's move to that next cluster of picks in the cloud that you can expect to see at that late second early third uh, round in this draft. Who are the players and names that we can kind of think of now since the Bears are operating with three picks? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it depends a lot on what happens at nine, but in that range, uh, I think Cody Mock out of North Dakota State, someone you're looking at, I mean, I see- The happiest guy of all draft uh, eligible players, right? Has a yeah. has a crazy smile and red hair, just like, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so I think if Mock's available there, then he's definitely someone who fits the system. He's definitely someone who fits just kind of the vibe they're going for in Chicago. Uh, I think you're also you're still looking offensive line, defensive line. I think those are the two biggest positions you're looking at with your first two picks or in the first two rounds just in general. Uh, you can get an edge rusher, a defensive lineman. B.J. Ojolari isn't the biggest guy, but he's athletic and he has long arms. He's someone that I look at to generate uh, pressure off the edge. At Atamiwa, at Abare, if he falls that far, which I don't know if he does anymore just because of how good he was at the combine. But he's someone who fits this defense like a glove. Uh, You could also argue someone like Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. He could be a really good one-tech in this type of defense. 
And, you know, maybe on offensive line, also a Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse is a pretty good fit to me. Uh, those are just a handful of guys. Maybe a Jalen Duncan, if you really want to take a bet on someone who's toolsy, like raw, but has potential to work with. And then other edges like like Isaiah Foskey, Derek Hall uh, from Notre Dame and Auburn, respectively, or maybe even Zach Harrison, the Ohio State edge rusher. I think just any of those guys, those that's who I'm looking for in that cluster of you know the 50s and 60s i think most of them will be available around that time and i'd be willing to bet the bears get at least one of the guys that i just mentioned what about a guy like john michael schmitz my favorite center prospect that every bears mock draft includes is that uh, <laughs> is that a target uh in that range well it should be uh i'm not necessarily sold he falls that far i hope he does i truthfully hope he does because he's a he's a top Definitely a top 25 player on my board. I don't okay. know if he's top 20. I'd have to go back and double check, but he's he's close. He's, and, you know, very good player. One of the best film grades I have on a player, regardless of, you know, sure he's got age and the positional value is not super sexy, but his film's tremendous. And Jacob owned that because just last year you were on Cole Strange from a yeah. film perspective, just like – as much as anybody else was, but I mean, you were one of the first that I know I saw that was like, this guy's the dude. He ended yeah. up a first rounder to that point. JB, I think right now JMS has been every bears fans favorite pick at 65 on the little mock draft simulator. I'm just not convinced that he'll get there. I mean, I, I'm right there with Jacob where I feel like you look at JMS. It's very obvious that he's got great eyes for a center. He knows what he's looking at. He knows how he's trying to direct the offensive line. He's got the movement skills to back up a very cerebral play style rather than being one or the other. And if he interviews like his film suggests that he would like, and he clearly has command of how Minnesota wants to run that offense. I just struggle to find myself in a league that just drafted Tyler Linderbaum in the first round not taking him in probably somewhere, Jacob, I don't know about you. I haven't been taken somewhere between like 33 and 45, like in that early part of the second round phase where yeah. a bad team is thinking, well, we got to shore ourselves up at center. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. I think that's probably where he's going to go in real life. If he falls that far to where the bears are, then, you know, Love go, go for it 100%. But Two guys I think are a little bit more realistic for the Bears, uh, Luke Weipler out of Ohio State, another center prospect, and then another center, uh, Joe Tittman from Wisconsin. I think I think Tittman's a better athlete on film, but Weipler also tested really well. He's you know got an elite uh, RAS grade. He, he ended up in the green, so that's definitely something that you consider. Uh, I think either one of those guys would be good scheme fits and they fill that center need very well. And I think they'll be available late round two, early round three. So a lot of different options, honestly. And I'm kind of digging just the versatility you have there. Uh, kind of would have been like the only thing that would have made this like even better for me is if the Bears got that earlier second round pick. But I mean, considering everything else that they got, that just kind of seems like nitpicking at this point. Uh so in the grand scheme of things, I'm a very big fan of what they ended up with. And I think they have a lot of different options they can pursue, uh, not just at 61, but in that that range in general. Yeah, you got those three picks. I, I'll, I'll ask you one more position group and then we can kind of move on. But um, yeah. a lot of talented corners come out in that 
area of the draft pretty regularly. I've yeah. uh, certainly the corners in this draft are being talked about as a pretty deep group. So is there, are there a few names to kind of think about to add that fifth defensive back to this, uh, to this defense that would really round out that unit? Yeah. So there are a couple names uh, that stand out to me. The only thing that I'm a little bit hesitant about in this draft class is I think there's really good value in like the late first, early second round and the late second, early third value isn't all that great. So you're hoping that in Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, he falls, you know, a little skinny, but very good athletically, very good ball skills. He's a, you know, pick six machine. Uh, another guy you're looking at, Deontay Banks out of Maryland, one of the top performers at the Combine, both on field and in and, uh, athletic testing. Uh, you know, just very, very good film, like still a work in progress, but you can see like flashes of legit star potential there. Uh, I'd say like a Clark Phillips, but I don't think he's big enough or long enough for what the Bears want at corner, uh, especially with where they're at right now. And then you kind of fall off a little bit. I think the best value uh, after round two is probably like late round three, maybe. Uh, that's where you're looking for like a, a DJ Turner out of Michigan. I think you're looking at, you know, maybe a, a Garrett Williams out of Syracuse coming off an injury, but really good tape. Uh, I, I don't know if the value is going to be great at corner in that range. I mean, I, I'd be very interested to see what happens there. If one of the guys that I mentioned earlier falls, or if they really like maybe a Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, you know, a longer physical guy, but I don't know. I don't think, I don't, I don't think the corner value is going to be great, which is a little disappointing considering the fact that I think that it'd be a slam dunk if they added just that one more corner to truly round out that secondary. I think it's all going to depend, Jacob, just my two cents on how confident their DB team is on developing a lot of these longer guys. Because like you're talking about, I mean, a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, to use a great example, is not as refined as somebody like, um, honestly, like Joey Porter. For instance, out of yeah. Penn State, who's a phenomenal long corner. But you talk about guys like Julius Brents, you talk about guys like Tyreek Stevenson, they've got things that you can't teach. And like you're talking about, the smaller 5'10 corners, they can zoom around all over the place. Those are great. But I don't know if Fluce is going to want them with three yeah. picks. I don't know. I, honestly, I think a lot is going to change over the next, what, seven days, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Where- if they- if they don't assign somebody in free agency, then I think you really have to start looking hard at corner uh, in the draft. But if they do, then that, and not that they won't draft one to develop, but you can kind of take that off for one of those premium picks because they, they'll probably redirect that somewhere else. So, right. Yeah. And yeah, especially fun, since, guys, this is fun. Oh, especially yeah. since the defensive lines and the offensive lines are the positions that I tend to think that they're going to dedicate a lot of money to. So, if they don't, for instance, like Jacob, one of my favorite players in the class for his value is probably like County Benton. Like he to me seems like he's going to be a similar value that Deron Payne is, but obviously Payne's a first rounder, Benton's a second rounder for a reason. It's more to say that he might blossom into that nose tackle that gives you just enough on the pass rush to really tune up your defensive line. But if the Bears throw money at a Dalvin Tomlinson alongside like a Javon Hargrave or a um, a Draymond Jones, they're probably not taking Keanu Benton. They got too many needs. Like you're talking about, Jeff, they're only going to have 
what, like four, like let's call them core signings, right? Guys that make really solid money. Like it could be Okereke, it could be Draymond Jones, it could be uh, Mike McGlinchey, and it could be somebody else, right? Um, maybe maybe it is Dalvin Tomlinson. But, or or it's, um, gosh, what's the guy's name from Saints? Dav- Davenport, Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Um, but th- it'll be like four or five guys, which is a lot for free agency. And then the rest... We're going to just start pigeonholing the draft, right? And, and it'll be a lot of fun. It'll just be a big question on who those guys are and what's going to happen from there. I'm so excited. What a great time to be a Chicago Bears fan. Can't wait to start digging into Moore's tape. Follow me on Twitter uh, or keep an eye on this channel as we'll try to put something together ASAP. Obviously, we've got a crazy week coming up. Bears just traded the first round pick on functionally Christmas Eve. So now we get to have Christmas Day and New Year's. Like celebrate really ringing in the, uh, the brand new hall. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I think we can leave it there. Um, tons of comments, and we will just be back regularly to talk about these things. Uh, you know, Robert's got uh, uh, some help uh, to to help you know, watch DJ Moore film. Looks like he's already raring to go. So we'll we'll get that going. Uh, we'll I'm sure I'll talk to Lester at some point. We'll try to get something going there. Uh, and we're you know, tons more in here building the board i'm sure you guys will have a lot of fun uh stack restacking here with, with now the new capital um a lot of uh fun stuff to talk about but let's leave it there this is a good day this we we've been we've been wanting this we've been thinking about this for a while it is a good haul for ryan poles for trading out of the number one pick and there's still going to be a lot of good players that the bears are going to add here in the next week and in a month and a half when we when we get to the draft. So um, thanks, everybody, and we'll leave it there. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.